listening to where the world comes to talk. World Spa, a day spa for both men and women specializing in Western therapies with age-old Eastern techniques. All World Spa providers are professionally licensed specialists in their fields. We provide spa treatments for all schedules, from as little as 30 minutes to all-day programs. World Spa also has a spiritual library where you can relax and enjoy our collection of books, videos, and audio tapes. World Spa is open seven days a week by appointment and features a variety of special treatments, spa services, facials, exfoliation, and much more. We also offer products such as beauty and skin treatments, health drinks, herbal teas, and food supplements. World Spa also accommodates groups of five or more so you can make it a full and special day. Come enjoy the World Spa difference. Call us today at 619-624-0506 or visit us on the web at www.worldspas.org. How much time each day do you spend managing your personal or business calendar? 15 minutes, a half an hour, maybe more. Is the conference room available for next week's meeting? And how many people do you have to ask to find out? Have you ever misplaced or, worse yet, lost your day planner or handheld device? And what do you do about that missing information? Do you own or operate a salon or carpets cleaning business? How about a realty office or any one of a thousand other service-based organizations? Can your customers make their appointments even when your office is closed? If any of this sounds familiar, then Schedule Online is the solution for you. For more information, call toll-free 888-668-3355. That's 888-668-3355. Or visit us online at www.schedulonline.com. Interested in advertising on any of our shows? Please click the advertise link on the homepage or send an email to ads at worldtalkradio.com or you can click on the sponsor this show link on any of the show pages. outdoors braving the weather. It's somewhat cold here in November. Uh, I'm inside my room at the Battlefield uh, Quality Inn, uh, which I can recommend uh, without Paola to our guest. Herschel uh, Molman thing. <laughs> oh, hello there. Hi. Oh, and here's our guest. Uh, David Long is joining us. Uh, David Long, the author of Jewel of Liberty, Abraham Lincoln, the election of 1864, uh, is with me today. David and I came up to Gettysburg uh, this week to attend the Lincoln Forum, which uh, we talked about in the first segment. 
and uh, also discussed a little bit of the, uh, I shared some thoughts with you of the battlefield condition. And to wrap that up, I'd like to point out, and again, visitors, uh, those listeners who've been to Gettysburg in any, any recent time, will know that the, the battlefield is closer to how it appeared in 1863, perhaps, than it has been in, in any time since then. There have been a number of improvements. When I was first coming here 40 years ago, there was a Stuckey's uh, on the site where Longstreet's Corps charged on the second day of the battle. That's gone. Uh, there were telegraph wires, telephone wires, I suppose, uh, strung along the Emmitsburg Road. Those are gone. Those are now buried. There were other commercial establishments. Most visible of all, there was the National Tower, a enormous eyesore of a observation tower built uh, through the graft and corruption of Sparrow Agnew in the <laughs> 1970s on the, uh, on the battlefield itself for private profit. The National Park Service worked heroically for many years and finally uh, achieved its goal, I want to say, five years ago, around the year 2000. Uh, mm -hmm. Is that right, David? That, it's close, yeah. It's right around that and uh, was successful in obtaining the land uh, and the tower and demolishing it so that the, the view shed, to use the professional term, the, the sweep that you can take in with your eyes from a single spot, uh, the view shed everywhere at Gettysburg was destroyed by the National Tower. No matter where you were on the battlefield, you were reminded that there was a 20th century artifact in your range of vision. Now there are many places where you can have uh, an unobstructed 19th century view uh, with the absence of the tower. So that was a great improvement. There will be more improvements. The, the battlefield is continuing to change. The Park Service is busy constructing a new visitor center that will, when it opens, replace the current visitor center, <coughs> excuse me, uh, which will in turn be removed, and that will return Cemetery Hill in part to uh, closer to its original appearance. Uh, now, I was talking at the forum this morning with uh, Gabor Borat, professor at Gettysburg College and longtime resident and expert on the, the battlefield, and he pointed out that when they attempt to take that building down, there will be controversy because just as I, I said in the first segment, even motels are now part of the history. There are monuments to old motels on the battlefield. When they take down what the, the old visitor center, or part of it at least, that will take away, uh, in my case, 40 years of memories of going to that building. Mm -hmm. uh, any thoughts on that, David? Uh, do you see that as progress? Uh, is it time to take down the old visitor center? Well, it, you, all of us who have all of us who have been here since uh, been coming here since we were children, of course, uh, like to remember uh, those things that you know first first made an impression on us because I, I, I you know we commented as we uh, as we approached the battlefield yesterday on Steinware Avenue and uh, you you commented now we are now we are on the battlefield and I I responded yeah you can you can begin to feel it can't you and he said yes you can and for uh, for those of us to whom it matters and I and I, and I suppose for for most people I hope so for most people there's almost a gen energy that um, uh, comes out of the ground uh, when you are here, just just realizing what what took place here. And so, 
in 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 that sense things that are old and and traditional you know have have a certain appeal to us but but honestly i think that <laughs> that building is something of an eyesore uh it it it's never been a very um attractive place and 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 what it's going to be replaced with is going to be a a very um <clears throat> technologically uh, um, capable facility to um, tell people the story of the battle of, of, of what occurred here and to to illustrate it through through the use of the uh, of that technology and, and and make it easier perhaps for the for the layman for the pedestrian to understand what uh, what what actually occurred on the battlefield so I don't have I, I don't have a lot of problem with that. And I understand the new facility is going to be located off the battlefield. Yes, that's what I understand, too. Which, again, has its advantages and disadvantages. You won't be putting a modern building plopped down on the middle of the battlefield. Right. But the And actually, the ground where the, where, where the current um, battlefield museum is was uh, ground on which Union troops were encamped and... Uh, um, didn't, for the most part, play a major role in the battle, but you don't have to go very far from the building to be on on ground uh, that was critical uh, during the battle. So it, it, it will give, uh, I think, more of an appearance of, as you said, the, uh, the, the changes that have made, that have taken place over the past 40 years really have returned the field more to its appearance in 1863 than um, uh, than it was when all of these changes began taking place. Now, there's the the issue of commercial development is something else. Uh, right. We were talking about, and you and I have talked about as we've driven through town here. It's uh, well, you and I enjoyed a, a delightful meal last night at General Pickett's buffet. <laughs> Which is on the ground over which General Pickett charged at one time. We're doing all kinds of commercial endorsements here, aren't we? I am. Well, and, and General Pickett's buffet is open ten to seven weekdays. Parties, families are encouraged. No, I've very. I, 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 I thought it was it was perfectly serviceable, and it, it was, and it was excellent food. And, but I have to admit, I, I had a pang that I, I don't want to put anyone out of business. I don't want to hurt the <laughs> well-being, economic well-being of the the people at general pickett's buffet but by eating there we did give them keep their revenue stream intact for one more evening right and maybe if we we didn't eat there they would eventually have to close up and move somewhere off the battlefield right and the and the eighth ohio could have its campground back exactly we could return it to uh, to its its historic state mm-hmm. so uh, it, it well it's there are conflicting views. Again, you and I are sitting in hotel rooms right now on the battlefield itself, or, or surrounded literally by by park grounds. If the We'd best be careful, somebody not come down here and kick us out while we're doing this. That's true. If, if they could, if now if you could remove this hotel again, you'd have a better yes, a better view of things. But at some point, you wouldn't. There's certain certainly something to be said for the experience of looking out the window and saying, "Wow, we're we're right here." Well, being able to get out and walk around on the field, but you can't walk. You can't walk the field inside your motel room, and uh, no. and as you say, this was this was ground where uh, that was part of the field. Uh, probably between the lines, we might even be we might even be here 
getting very close to where Confederates were in, in Gettysburg itself uh, during the battle. Uh, since the, the the town was occupied by by, right. by the Confederates during the battle, we're we're very close to that no man's land there. I think we're sort of along the what was then called the Emmitsburg Road, now Steinware mm-hmm. Avenue, mm-hmm. is out in front of the building. Uh, mm-hmm. Those of you can look on your maps at home and, and see Cemetery Hill, and looking just uh, Cemetery Hill lies just to the east of Steinware. We're right across from the Wax Museum. And we are right across from the, the Wax Museum. The, the former, it is no longer, by the way, the National Civil War Wax Museum. It has renamed itself the American Civil War Museum, mm. trying to shed its waxy heritage. <laughs> uh, I don't know if... if that's well, it was possible. pretty waxy the last time I went through it. But yes, there are. There are uh, I talked about this a little in our first segment. There's, there are many, many Gettysburg battle-related things to see and do in town, especially oh, yes, the reenactors fill the uh, fill the streets of the borough for the next few days before Remembrance Day, November 19th. Right. Now, November 19th, you've been here on November 19th. Yes, I have. What goes on on that day? Uh, they have a big parade. They um, uh, they attempt to recreate the events of the commemoration date of the uh, of the Gettysburg National Cemetery. Uh, back in 1863, in November of 1863, of course, Lincoln came here. Uh, how much they wanted him were, well, it, uh, they they certainly wanted to commemorate David Wills, wanted, wanted to commemorate the uh, the battle that had taken place and all the uh, soldiers who had died, and they then they they set up a rather elaborate um, ceremony that would be attended by a lot of people, and there would be a lot of Union soldiers here to march. In the ceremony, and they brought um, uh, they brought the president of Harvard College in, Edward Everett, certainly one of the foremost speakers of his day, and to deliver a lengthy, memorized, uh, highly florid, uh, uh, um, dedicatory statement uh, that would eulogize the the soldiers and and give. Um, uh, give uh, no noble sentiments to what the had the, the struggle that had taken place here, and he went on for two hours uh, doing that before Lincoln would get up to give his brief uh, remarks that he had written out and you know worked on for a number of days. You know we know that he made changes in it, and that this was a message that was important to him. But he was certainly the the secondary attraction that day in terms of, of commemorating the field. He was here because he was president. And, of course, the the words that he spoke uh, in the minds of those who who perhaps uh, listened closely and didn't and, and weren't clouded by, the, by whatever impression they had of Lincoln at that point in the war um, were impressed by the um, by the Elegance of, of 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 the remarks. I mean, Edward Everett, you know, made the, of course, the the, the famous uh, statement in his message to Lincoln, written after the uh, after the dedicatory service, that I, you know, I wish I had said in two hours uh, as much as you were able to say in two minutes. And um, and we know, of course, what the Gettysburg Address has come to mean 
uh, since that time. So it was an important occasion, and, and there were a lot of people here, and uh, in, in, in spite of all that, they managed to only take one photograph of Lincoln. He was, uh, he was up so briefly that the uh, photographer was still fixing his camera when Lincoln went to sit down, and he quickly took a picture of Lincoln as he is descending back to his uh, to the chair from which he rose, and it's a it, it's not the greatest picture of Lincoln that that we have, but at least it is a it is something that was taken at the time uh, during this, uh, this special moment in history. So. Now to commemorate that on, on November 19th, right. we have the reenactment parade, That's right. and the, the Gettysburg Address is read by a Lincoln reenactor as well. Right. Uh, sort of the resident Lincoln reenactor, Jim Getty, interestingly, lives in Gettysburg, and uh, bears, a, bears an interesting resemblance to, to, to Lincoln and has uh, has done this for, for years now, and um, it's come to... I mean that uh, he makes a living being Lincoln, and um, it's 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 a nice ceremony. And they will have uh, they'll have some important speaker that day, usually a governor or a Supreme Court justice or a senator uh, or somebody of of, of importance. I, I'm not sure if I know who it's going to be this year, but uh, do you? I, I don't. I uh, according to uh, Gabor Borat the they have two speakers lined up, but it is contingent on Congress's business. And if they need to vote, uh, uh, the primary speaker will have to stay in Washington and cast his or her vote. I see. So he said they won't know until the very morning who actually is going to turn up and speak. Uh, very much a contingent hmm. sort of thing. But he, he says they're both uh, people you've heard of. So. Right. So, well, that that is a... a worthwhile ceremony. It's very impressive to see both the Lincoln speaker give the Gettysburg Address and then the, uh, the speaker of the day try unsuccessfully to match Lincoln's eloquence in right. 20 or 30 minutes. And then there are other events. There's the annual Fortinball Lecture on the campus mm -hmm. of Gettysburg College, mm -hmm. which is one of the, the foremost uh, academic presentations nationally mm -hmm. uh, each year uh, dealing with Lincoln. And do they announce the Lincoln Prize? No, they do that in another. No, they year. they do that in that. Well, at least this year they did that um, <laughs> in in Richmond. Uh, interestingly enough, at the uh, visitor center there, where the new excuse me, the new statue of Lincoln has has been enshrined. But uh, the other the other event of of some note here, at least, is that the uh, Lincoln Fellowship of Pennsylvania has its annual meeting here on uh during commemoration week and and uh, they generally have a lincoln scholar or author of of some note who uh who addresses them at their annual meeting um there are just a lot of events that that take place around this uh, this, this whole um celebration annual commemoration uh and not the least of which is the uh, Lincoln Forum Symposium that usually goes on for three or four days, and 
And let me get back to, I talked about that a bit again in our first segment and mm-hmm. described a bit of what that's about. You were one of the founders of the Lincoln Forum, is that correct? Yes, I was. Uh, how did it get started? <laughs> well, it got started actually in a motel room in West Palm Beach. Um, it was it was it was during a time that there had been a split among in, within the uh, community of of Lincoln scholars and authors and that that constituted the uh, what was at that time uh, pretty much regarded as the foremost Lincoln uh, organization in the world the the Abraham Lincoln Association that was based in Springfield Illinois. And um, the person who had been a long time, nine years, I believe, the, the president of the Abraham Lincoln Association and, um, and his, his close friend and associate who had been the, the vice president or vice chair, Harold Holzer, um, there, was, there was a disagreement, let, let, let me say, within the leadership, within the people who constituted the board of advisors or board of directors of the uh, Abraham Lincoln Association, and they informed Frank, who is who is now the Chief Justice of the Rhode Island Supreme Court, that he would only serve one more year and that then they were going to have the chair rotate annually uh, between different people. Now, and um, Let me just give a bit of background. Uh, if I can just give a bit of background on, on sure. the ALA, the... Uh, Abraham Lincoln Association goes back to 1909 mm-hmm. at the uh, centennial of Lincoln's birth, and was uh, was was organized to to celebrate Lincoln. It was not a scholarly organization initially, um, and there are so many interesting things. And yet the music tells us we're going to take another break now. Okay. We'll come back and talk about the. Uh, the dirty laundry, the uh, the ugly gossip behind the ALA, the Lincoln Forum, and other Lincoln organizations, and uh, about the bright futures of all these places. We'll do that when we return with David Long on Civil War Talk Radio. 